Welcome to the Global Venturing Review Podcast. My name's James Mawson, founder and editor-in-chief of our three publications, Global Corporate Venturing, Global University Venturing and Global Impact Venturing. And delighted to be back with you once again this week. Thierry Hillis is off in the US at the Autumn Conference, so I'll be running through the top three stories and then some news and briefs. So top three. First one is GE Ventures has put resources into Flux. General Electric's corporate venturing unit is launching a content portal called Flux to help companies overcome barriers to diversity and inclusiveness. Karen Kerr, partner at GE Ventures, referenced the launch of Flux during her panel discussion at the GCBI Summit in Monterey, California at the end of January. And the past few years have seen a change in the venture ecosystem, with more female and diverse investors being recruited and promoted. As in much of the overall innovation capital ecosystem, corporate venturers are leading the way. Harvard academics Sophie Calderwang and Paul Gompers at the Stanford Financing of Innovation Summit at the end of November noted there had been, quote, the great stagnation, end quote, in numbers of female entrepreneurs and VCs over the prior 30 years, going from 7.2% to 10.7% and 5.8% to 8.9% respectively since 1994 to 2016. For CVCs, however, more than a fifth of the top-ranked professionals, as judged by the GCV Powerless 100, are female, and this could be potentially higher in the next awards held at the UK's House of Commons in London on the 23rd of May during the GCV Symposium. More than a third of those coming through the ranks are also women, according to the GCV Rising Stars 2019 awards, presented ahead of the GCV Summit at the Monterey Aquarium Gala reception. But the broad base of the CVC profession is still primarily male, the GCV annual survey found three quarters of the 86 firms were primarily or all male. But more than purely numbers, however, it has been impressive to watch, as Karen Kerr noted on stage alongside Tracy Isaac from SVB, Megan Sharp from BP Ventures and Catherine Reisteiner from Intel Capital, how the conversation has so rapidly moved over the past five years from questions about, quote, is there an issue, to why is there an issue, to how to grapple with it. Isaac, along with Kieran Malhotra, Director of Venture Capital Relationships at law firm Fenwick & West, had organised the Women in Venture Lunch before the summit to enable connections between female attendees at the summit. The cultural change reflects society more broadly, and as CVCs join boards and find opportunities from a wider group of entrepreneurial types, so the entrepreneur base will also change and hopefully start to reverse what Victor Huang at Kaufman Foundation notes has been a slow reversal in the number of startups in the US. The diversity, therefore, is a long-term strength for the CVC and hence for the broader venture ecosystem. Global corporate venturing is keen to continue supporting this and other changes in the industry as it prepares for the headwinds of an economic downturn. The GCV Leadership Society's Advisory Board, chaired by Wendell Brooks, President of Intel Capital, has identified great focus on the industry's professionalism, the people coming in and being retained by CVC units, and closer partnership between corporations and other venture investors as its priorities. The advisory board meeting identified the challenges the industry faced, but as an agent to change in diversity and inclusion for other venture managers, CVCs will reap the rewards in multiple ways. For other parts of the ecosystem, looking to CVCs for and exemplars will be important and also help make the industry more broadly a more sustainable and robust ecosystem. The second major story of the past week we've seen in a number of games orientated or deals involving Tencent, because in the game industry, deal making 
There's Tencent, then there's everyone else. As a sign of both financial muscle and the need to expand beyond core markets given the effective closing of the Chinese market to new games in 2018, Tencent was either a major shareholder in or investor in four of the top five deals last year, so a record $5.7 billion invested in startups, according to DigiCapital's Q1 report by Tim Morrell. Tencent was behind investments last year in Douyu, 630 million raised, Shanda Games, 474 million raised, and Huya, 462 million dollars raised. France's Voodoo raised 200 million from Goldman Sachs to round out the top five. The game's acquisition market was also on fire in 2018, DigiCapital added, with more than 22 billion dollars worth of M&A, making its second highest year on record. Games M&A dollars were always dominated by mega deals, which last year including Naspers selling 2% of Tencent for over $10 billion, a 60,000% return, and Tencent and others acquiring Vivendi's $2 billion plus stake in Ubisoft. DigiCapital's report from the year before found the Chinese behemoth Tencent led or participated in over $4 out of every $10 invested in games companies worldwide in the 12 months to the end of Q1 2018. So no particular change for Tencent, but it just shows quite how dominant it is in that sector was also involved in either sell-side or buy-side in three-quarters of all games M&A deals in that 2017-18 period. And last week saw a complementary strategy by Centen, as Reddit was in the process of raising up to $300 million in a round that would be led by a $150 million investment from Tencent. The front page of the internet, as Reddit is called, is seen by many of the internet's followers as the enfant terrible, but it had some 330 million monthly active users as of the end of October and is reportedly raising funding at a $2.7 billion pre-money valuation. Condé Nast, the media company that required Reddit in 2006 before spinning it off again eight years later, retains a minority stakes. Tencent banked Spotify, music streaming service, also acquired two CVC-backed companies, Gimlet Media and Anchor, in hopes of creating a podcast behemoth. Gimlet focuses on producing high-quality narrative podcasts, while Anchor helps with distribution and monetization. And what potentially joins these deals together is an approach laid out by perhaps Tencent's largest external game success, taking a 40% stake in Epic Games, the developer behind Fortnite game success. As Matt Ball at Rediff noted, quote, In 2018, there was a lot to read about Fortnite, and even more to learn from it. And to point... The game is indeed a future of entertainment, as well as the greatest threat to today's media giants. Fortnite's most significant achievement may be the role it has come to play in the lives of millions. For these players, Fortnite has become a daily social square, a digital mall, a virtual after-school meetup that spans neighbourhoods, cities, countries and continents. This role is powered by Fortnite's free availability, robust voice chat, cross-platform functionality and collaborative gameplay. Called them the examples bound the kids, adults and families simply hanging out or catching up on Fortnite while they play. Studies find that Fortnite's players spend one to one and a half hours per day in the game versus 30 minutes for active Snapchat or Instagram users. Fortnite wasn't designed to be a second lifestyle experience or even a digital third place. It became one organically. What's more, it's drastically out-monetized in dedicated social squares such as Facebook, Snapchat and Instagram, even combined. End quote. And as Ball noted, Quote, Fortnite's 200 million plus accounts together with Epic's balance sheet and game engine has become a new ecosystem-centric platform, a goal consistent with enduring obsession of founder Tim Sweeney's The Metaverse. The Metaverse stems from Neil Stevenson's 1992 novel Snow Crash, describes a collective 
shared space that's created by a convergence of virtual enhanced physical reality and persistent virtual space. In its fullest form, the metaverse experience was about most, if not all, virtual worlds, being foundation to real-world AR or augmented reality experiences and interaction and would serve as an equivalent digital reality where all physical humans would simultaneously coexist. It's an evolution of the internet. More commonly, the metaverse is understood to resemble the world described by Ernest Klein's Ready Player One, bought a film by Steven Spielberg in 2018. The proof of Fortnite's unique potential was demonstrated live on February the 1st, 2019. At 2pm 2 Eastern Time, The Marshmallow, who ranks number 10 in DJ Magazine's Top 100, held a live concert that was held exclusively inside Fortnite. The event, which was live synced to the real Marshmallow, was attended by more than 10 million people in the game, with millions more watching via Amazon's Twitch and YouTube, many of whom use their characters' user-specific dance moves to join in. The event was stunning, and it showcases a potential of the metaverse, including payment for performances, music rights, etc., wherein a user can have potentially unlimited experience inside a single medium. End quote. Quite a long quote there from Matt, but a really interesting analysis from his Reddit post, so I highly recommend taking a look at that, and also Tim Morell's DigiCapital reports. They really have got a good handle on the game and experience. It's been interesting to watch Andreessen Horowitz continue to bang the drum for the VR, AR space, even though a number of other media players are slightly more cautious on it. We'll be having these issues around AR, VR and games explored in more depth at the GCV Symposium on May 22nd, May 23rd with Tencent's managing partner. Jeffrey Lee will be back once again as a speaker alongside demos of top companies in the ecosystem and a media roundtable. So looking forward in particular to that within the GCV Symposium. And then the third large story, we've seen SoftBank Chief Executive Masayoshi Son says, said he wants the corporate to eventually raise several iterations of its vision fund. We may have to, considering the vehicle has reportedly passed the halfway point in terms of capital allocated from its near 100 billion fund. Bought came as vision fund, divested stake in NVIDIA, received from SoftBank for about $3.6 billion. SoftBank is also reportedly mulling the formation of a Latin America-focused investment fund that will be sized in the billions of dollars and run by Chief Operating Officer and Head of Sprint, Marcello Clore. News of the vehicle follows reports SoftBank was to lead a $149 million round for Brazil-based gym membership service, GymPass. The corporation has made nine-figure investments in two more Brazilian companies, 99 and Loggy, in the past two years. Our fifth annual corporate venture in Brazil conference will be back in Sao Paulo at the end of October. So stay tuned for more for the country and Latin America's innovation capital ecosystem. And so to the news in brief. We've seen Chinese automotive e-commerce platform Guazi could well be the next investment target for SoftBank Vision Fund, which is reportedly in talks to invest up to $1.5 billion at an $8.5 million pre-money valuation. Autonomous driving technology developer Aurora Interactive Swarmed by alumni of Google, Uber and Tesla's driverless software unions, has made a big move by raising $530 million from investors including Amazon. Oak North, the digital bank that caters to both consumers and business customers, has meanwhile become SoftBank's latest portfolio company. Vision Fund invested $390 million to lead a $440 million round for Oak North. Electric scooter and e-bike rental service line has completed a $310 million Series D round co-led by Google Ventures, now known as GV, whose parent company Alphabet also participated. Both are existing investors in line, which is now valued at $2.4 billion. Microsoft, meanwhile, has invested in Databricks as part of a $250 million Series E round that valued the big data analytics company at $2.75 billion. 
Zomato has meanwhile received 39.7 million from Glaybrook Capital and added it to the 210 million invested by Ant Financial in October for a run-in round and now stands at about $250 million. Raisin, meanwhile, has put $114 million into its account after PayPal followed on from an investment in 2017 by participating in the Series D round for the cross-border savings platform. Emerging Markets Property Group, the online real estate listings operator, its key brand is Bayut, has raised $100 million in its Series D round from investors including Exor Seeds, a $100 million fund formed by reinsurance company Partner E and its parent Exor. Healthcare data software provider Health Catalyst, on the other hand, is valued at about $1 billion, following a $100 million Series F round by corporate venture and vehicles UPMC and Kaiser Permanente Ventures. Foot Locker also invested $100 million in Goat Group. The retailers invested $100 million in the footwear marketplace Goat, which also counts Matrix Partners, Upfront Web and Axel shareholders. And corporations have helped scale Himalaya with $100 million. Zimalala FM and Susquehanna International Group had taken part in the $100 million round to launch the podcast network Himalaya, which is spun out of Zimalaya. On Global University Venture, meanwhile, we've seen Spin Memory back Abbey's for a Series B round. The New York and Allied Mines founded RAM technology developer Spin Memory has unveiled deep tech-focused firm Abbey's Ventures as an investor in a 52 million Series B round. Also, we've seen Blue Water raise $15 million. The Blue Water Vaccines has an option on University of Oxford research into a universal influenza shot. On funds, we've seen Sojit sort out a $33 million joint venture fund. The Japanese corporation Sojits has formed a $33 million fund to be managed by venture firm Fenix Venture Capital. Partex, another VC firm, has raised $143 million for an Africa fund with limited partners including Orange, Eden Red, JC Deku, Bertelsmann, L'Oreal, Axion Group and Texaf. And University of California Berkeley will offer participants to $200,000 from its X fund as it looks to build a blockchain ecosystem connecting resources from university departments to the Valley and further afield. On exits, we've seen Palo Alto Networks pick up Demistro for acquisition. Demistro, the cybersecurity technology developer, had raised $69 million, including from Slack and WorkPro. Electra is developing immunoneurology drugs will target the immune system, raised $176 million when it floated last week after pricing its IPO in the middle of the range. Meanwhile, Marine Nomed has hit the Vienna Stock Exchange. The FetMed U biopharmaceutical spin-out, Marine Med Biotech, completed its IPO to attain market cap of $109 million. A couple of IPOs that have been filed include for Palantir and Slack, as well as TCR Squared Therapeutics. On the people side, we see Michael Mahan, a GCV rising star last year and former investment manager, Stanley Ventures being promoted to Managing Director of Stanley Black & Decker's Corporate Mentoring Unit. Rita Waite, a Juniper Ventures Investment Manager, is part of this year's GCV Rising Stars list, joining financial services firm Millennium's Payment Products team. Tom Whitaker, who helped spin out Propel Venture Partners from banking firm BBVA, has gone to IBM Ventures as a partner to oversee fintech investments. And on the university, multi-university Backed incubator Cicada Innovations has lost its chief executive managing director, Petra Andian, who has decided to spend more time with her family. So, busy all week. Thierry will be off next week as well, so it'll be me picking up the podcast. So, 
Don't hesitate to get in touch with your news and feedback to J Mawson, J M A W S O N, at Mawsonia, M A W S O N I A dot com. See you all soon. Thanks. Global Venturing Review was produced by In Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.